0: Today's episode of About Them Cowboys is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks at any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting And join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to Robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice a recommendation or solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. Free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Hood Financial is not a bank.
1: How we doing, guys? How we doing, guys?
2: How we doing, guys? How we doing, guys? How we doing, guys? Leas
0: Campbell has blocked three field goals this year. And the kick will not count.
3: Team timeout. It's Dallas calling timeout. the timeout. No good. So Bailey, who kept a successful 49-yarder, only to have the timeout by Jason Garrett, force him to do it again, misses. Hey, guys. Jay Glazer here at the NFL on Fox. A little breaking news here. Dallas Cowboys have informed Jason Garrett he is out as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. It's official now. Dallas Cowboys have moved on from Jason Garrett as their head coach.
0: This is the end, beautiful friend.
3: Oh, he's done. Finally, Jason Garrett is done. Look, he's had nine lives. He ain't getting ten. They got two playoff wins in ten years, and we talk about it every single year about how you know, hey, he's on the hot seat. Well, this thing right now, dude, he, he he ought to be getting boxes to his house because this one, I've never heard an owner in all my years talk about his coach like this. Here's the dirty little secret. Jason Garrett's not a very good head coach. I mean, what's the best thing you can say about Jason Garrett? He loves
1: to clap. I mean, he loves to clap. He'll clap for everything all the time. Missed field goal, clap pick six clap missed extra point
3: clap the guy is a clapper winners
0: win losers try to avoid losing this is what the cowboys have running it right now losers they have gone for it on fourth and one 19 times they made it 18 times what in god's good name terrified you at the opponent's 42. what are you doing Punting at the opponent's 42 in overtime with a chance to win the game.
3: I think the negativity, you know, in Dallas and around the Cowboys right now, it would be
1: miserable if he continued to be the head coach. Yeah, I think nobody would be happy. Good to see you guys.
0: All right, guys. Good to see you. All right. Good to see you guys. Good to see you guys. Thanks, guys. Good Good to see you guys. Thank you.
3: Only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys?
0: How about them Cowboys? Indeed. Well. This is the end, officially, of the Jason Garrett era in Dallas. After making the playoffs three times in nine seasons, Jerry finally makes the decision to not bring back Jason Garrett as head coach. And we are here to react to it all on The Athletic. So, welcome back in to About Them Cowboys. Kent Garrison here, producing my way through this episode with three of the best of the best when it comes to covering all things Dallas Cowboys. And they're going to bring you all the reactions and rants you could possibly want following this news. So, first we're welcoming back to the show. He's finishing up his 10,000-word Jason Garrett eulogy as we speak. It's Father John Mishoda. Hey, John. What up, guys? I just don't really
2: understand how anybody can have a life and cover this team.
0: Anyway, go on. <laughs> Yeah, you know from experience, right, John? Um, and, uh, man, excited to welcome in this guest. Him and I worked together for seven years at DallasCowboys.com, had some great times covering this team together, and I'm excited to hear what he has to say from behind the scenes and uh, what's been happening at the Star this past week. He is uh, the Cowboys' longtime beat writer for DallasCowboys.com. It's the one and only David Tiny Jim Hellman.
3: Hey, TJ hey y'all thanks for having me on yeah well well said john sunday evening of course is the time where they finally pull this trigger <laughs> hey i'm do- I'm glad they did it before the show you know
0: so yeah can- <laughs> no, that's a great point at
3: least now we've got some shelf life right Right,
0: exactly and i'm uh, welcoming back to the hosting chair kevin kt turner kevin it's a uh, pretty self-explanatory what this episode
1: is going to focus on <laughs> so uh let's get this thing popping all right well uh, let's start with uh john and uh Oh, when did you hear about this? What did you hear? Are you surprised? Why did this take so long? Just uh, take it away, John, because uh, I know you you, both you and Dave are all over this. So just kind of start with you and your thoughts. Well, I didn't find out about
2: that. It was official. I mean, I had heard that it sounded like Jason Garrett was saying his goodbyes to people at the star. But he was still going to the star, so you're kind of sitting there like, okay, well, this is eventually going to come to an end, and you're just hoping that it's not going to drag out until January 14th, where his contract runs out. You're just like, well, let's make a move here, and then you hear that they're bringing in other candidates to interview, so you're like, well, why would he still be there? And then today, you know, you're watching the Eagles-Seahawks game, and you know, all of a sudden these reports start coming out, and so you start checking with sources to try and get things confirmed, and before you know it, you got Jerry Jones putting out a statement, and uh, I was a little surprised that, that it happened on a Sunday night. I thought maybe it would be tomorrow morning, or I thought it would be, uh, last week, Thursday morning or Friday morning, but to happen in, the, uh, you know, during the second half of the Eagles loss, I guess maybe that's kind of fitting or whatnot, but, uh, yeah, no, it's not a surprise. I don't, I, the surprise would be as if he came back as if they said, you know, we interviewed a bunch of people and, uh, we decided Jason's still the best man for the job. Now that would be surprising. I don't know. What's your thoughts on it, Dave?
3: Man, it's the most 2020 thing ever. Like, I'll remember this for the rest of my life is obviously we've heard this coming down the pipe. We've all expected it for a while at this point. But the way that I found out that it was going down was a freaking selfie FaceTime from Jay Glazer. Like (laughs) I'm scrolling through my Twitter just sort of, you know, entertaining myself during a commercial break during a playoff game. And I see Jay Glazer's face telling me that it's going down for real this time, Um, which is hardly surprising. Jay's really tied in with the Jones family. He comes to training camp every year. And uh, if you, you know, if you follow that type of stuff or you're in the industry, you know, those those big national reporters get an inside track on a lot of these types of stories. And sure enough, he was right. Uh, but I just I couldn't believe that of all the ways it's a it's a selfie video from Jake Laser during and not just any playoff game, but the Eagles playoff game. Like I have a hard time believing that was a coincidence. So just a a bizarre way for it to finally come to an end.
1: You know, it's it's very interesting. Well, all of it's very interesting. I was very interested in the idea that they had guys already coming in the building while Jason was still, you know, locked in as head coach and I'm sure Jason wasn't at work today on a weekend or whatever, but maybe he would have been. I I don't really know what his hours have been like. But The the whole McCarthy uh, rumors and then the Marvin Lewis stuff that we were starting to see over the weekend. To me, that was very fascinating to me. And then you start to throw in the idea that a lot of these coaches have agents and things like that. It opens up this whole world of things that we really don't deal with very much because, quite frankly, we haven't hired a new coach here in 10 years. So, like, it's kind kind of relatively fresh and new. What did you guys think about the idea that McCarthy came in, probably get put up in the Omni Frisco for a night, you know, had like a two day interview with the team while G- uh, Jason Garrett was really still on the nights watch?
3: It's so weird man like and it just seems like the Cowboys find new ways to do things on their own terms and like it's almost like they just wanted to prove a point that they could look for a new coach without making a decision on Jason Garrett, because so many people were waiting for it. And so many people were expecting it. And, you know, you had a couple premature reports during the week. Like it almost felt like they wanted to prove a point that they could do it anyway. But like, how does that look? Like was Jason Garrett's office emptied out? Like did they take Mike McCarthy through the facility? Like, Oh yeah. Well, All of this stuff is still here from the last regime, but let's take you around. Like it's just, it's a weird thought. And and Marvin Lewis was there too. It I it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But like I said, like the Cowboys are just always going to find new ways to do things on their own terms.
2: Yeah, when I heard that the Mike McCarthy one intrigued me because of the fact that obviously he's won a Super Bowl, and and you've heard his name mentioned with some of these other jobs. Uh, Now (laughs) Marvin Lewis, I, I don't that one kind of surprised me. that seemed like a
0: troll that seemed like yeah it seemed like like they're they're like i was just waiting for a jeff fisher announcement to come out so they could like (laughs) check all the boxes of least desirable people that we could possibly hire as head coach just get those out of the way that's what it felt like and then and then like marvin lewis saying hugh jackson had to be his offensive coordinator like this has to be a a joke
2: it it, i don't know man that's it's it's dumbfounding to me honestly Well, and then the other thing about Marvin Lewis is it just like I'm sitting there like, oh, they could bring him in there and say that he's he's a finalist and fans would be like, all right, fine. Let's just take what Jason Garrett. Exactly. He's won a playoff game. Uh, You know, I mean, Marvin Lewis, if you guys don't know, is 0 and 7 in the postseason. That doesn't make sense. Like, um, I think that the key thing here for me is it's, uh, you know, this next head coach isn't going to be somebody to, you know, hey, just try and get this team the way you like it. And let's hope to get in the playoffs like. This next head coach has to pick up where Jason Garrett left off, and I don't see why the expectations are going to be any different from the fans or from the Joneses. Uh, You're going to have to win in the postseason, or it doesn't make sense to hire you with the current team that they have right now, the current nucleus that they will continue to have going into 2020. So because of that, um, you know Marvin Lewis doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Mike McCarthy does. I know KT, um, you've seen him a lot uh, in Green Bay. And you're not a a, a, maybe a super big fan of that idea. Um, And I'll let you go on this, but I just want to say that I think when all the cards are played and they've interviewed everybody that they're going to interview and it comes down to it, I don't know that they're going to end up with anybody that's better than Mike McCarthy. I think it'll be somebody that's on that same level. Maybe maybe a little bit better, but I don't think it's going to it's going to be significantly better than Mike McCarthy. So I'm interested to see where this goes, how many who else they interview. But I just don't I don't because I don't think they're getting Bill Belichick. I don't think they're getting Nick Saban and Urban Meyer hasn't coached in the pros. So I can't say that it's a significantly better than a guy that's actually won a Super Bowl. So I'm interested to get your take on it because I, I think it's it might be as good as they can do.
1: Yeah, let's start with McCarthy. I do want to go back to Marvin Lewis here in a second, too, because I do think there are a couple things that do make Marvin Lewis uh, where he would make sense, just not as a head coach. When um, we go to McCarthy, I have been uh, critical of Mike McCarthy over the years, uh, being a, I mean, my entire family's Packers fan. So it's kind of fun to be a Packer fan and study the Cowboys and cover the Cowboys. Well, I don't think McCarthy's a bad coach. To me, I'm, let's, first of all, A, I'm very skeptical of the guy who has a PR puff piece saying, hey guys, I <laughs> I am now an analytical guy. Uh, because I hang out with Jim Hazlitt. He flies to my house once every two weeks. I make him fly to my house. And we go out there to this tree house and we watch tape together. So I'm an analytical. You've never seen a coach do that before? Uh no, I actually haven't. <laughs> but you know, someone and on Twitter gave it to me pretty good from from many angles, as Twitter's prone to do. Um, One of those was, hey, can a guy evolve? Yes, he absolutely can. Uh, John Harbaugh wasn't the face of analytics back in 2016, but he is now. Guys can change. They absolutely can. I guess what I would say is, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I'll let Mike McCarthy go try that stuff in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield before I just hire him and give him the job. I mean, I really want to turn over every stone here. I want to go see if Lincoln Riley will quit his job. And that's where Marvin Lewis comes into play. Man, if you could get Lincoln Riley in as your – play caller, head coach and play caller, in your offensive system, and then Marvin Lewis is your defensive coordinator, you've kind of got this – and look, they only went to one Super Bowl. I'm not touting them as the, you know, best duo ever. But you kind of have that kind of Sean McVay, Wade Phillips dynamic working for you. And I'm excited about the Lincoln-Riley offense. Um, I mean, he made Jalen Hurts kind of functional this year until you saw it in crunch time and go, i probably not going to be able to do that in the NFL. But I think there's that, that's kind of what they need, and they do. They would still have a running attack in that offense too that they would value highly. So that's kind of like what I want, and it, that's where Marvin Lewis makes sense as a DC. We go to McCarthy. Here's some things that stand out to me. He is just as stubborn and arrogant and as poor of a game manager as Jason was on the field. Not talking about anything personally here. Mike McCarthy is a very much we do what we do type of guy. He's very stubborn. The thing that I would say that he does hold uh, over Jason, he is a little more aggressive than Jason. Uh, Nothing aggressive is always a great thing, Doug Peterson. You know, it's not always a great thing. Sometimes it can be a bad thing. Um, but he is a little more aggressive than Jason Garrett. But he's a very much we-do-what-we-do guy. And I, I, the, His offensive system, they just failed to change things. And they relied on Aaron Rodgers to get them out of binds until they couldn't do that anymore. And also, what you saw under Mike McCarthy, if you look at any Green Bay close loss in those playoffs for really, you know, large portion of the decade, you know they were giving up a lot of points on defense. And you know, whatever you want to say, I don't know who is, you know, it was it was Dom Capers as his defensive coordinator. Maybe it's all on him. I don't know how much sway uh, Mike McCarthy will want to have with personnel. He didn't have a ton of say in the draft room in Green Bay. He had a little bit, but he didn't have a ton of say. But I just think there's so many things where you have Mike McCarthy leave you wanting more. And there's a reason things didn't pan out well in Green Bay. Man, the story of him getting massages during team meetings <laughs> that yeah, from last year is legit. He denied it. That is true. I promise you that is true. I promise you I know people in that organization. I promise you that is true. Like it's like it's what it came out in that in that story I was like, "Oh yeah, I heard about this." Like it is very very interesting to me
3: i'm I'm with you more or less, kt. And like you're right, maybe a guy can evolve, maybe they can change. but like my impression of of McCarthy's approach to this hiring season is it just seems like he sat down and was like, all right. The buzzwords analytics, like, all right, let's drum up this analytics stuff and and see if I, you know, sure, talk about math and and analytics and probability and maybe all these dumb kids will listen to me and I can get another job. Like, I, I don't necessarily think I buy it. I, of course, could be wrong, but Mike McCarthy just strikes me as a different take on Jason Garrett. And it's probably not fair, but man, it's it's hard to ignore. Uh, what a ridiculous level Aaron Rodgers was playing at for most of his tenure in Green Bay. I mean, a guy that arguably could have won MVP in like any of five or six different seasons. And I know, you know, you just said your whole family's Packers fans. Like there's plenty of Packers fans who think it's a crime that Rogers to this point in his career has only been to one Super Bowl. So it's a high standard to hold a guy to. And you could argue, you know, Cowboys fans would kill for that level of success for this franchise, even if it is disappointing, but it just doesn't feel like a drastic enough departure from what we've already seen over the last 10 years, in my opinion.
2: I, well, I don't feel I don't feel like we're going to get a drastic departure with with this current the way things are. I, I think that's why you interview Mike McCarthy and Marvin Lewis to start out. Like, I agree with you, KT. I, I do like that idea of Lincoln Riley with with somebody like Marvin Lewis. If that's the DC, like I totally. But when they said <laughs> when I saw that report about the Hugh Jackson has to be part of it, yeah. that's when I was kind of like, ooh, what <laughs> <know> about that? <laughs> yeah. The one thing I will say though about the Mike McCarthy thing and and not and wanting more, the thing that gets me about that is just how much I know. Uh, just from being on Twitter all the time, and I know you guys see this too, just how much Cowboys fans love the idea of Sean Payton. And to me, I just look at that, and I'm like, everything you say about what Rodgers hasn't, you know, only one Super Bowl. I look at at that team today, and I'm like, oh, losing at home to the Vikings? Really? Drew? Never, you, you, you only won Super Bowl for Drew Brees, and then you put their records together, and you're just like, all I'm saying is like, I don't understand why the one guy over here is like the absolute gold standard and like, oh, God, I give up draft picks for this guy. And then the other guy is like,
3: no, that's well. a really that's a really fair point. And maybe honestly, Bill Belichick has ruined this for everybody else, because if if you don't have this one franchise making what nine Super Bowls in the last 20 years, then maybe people would view those resumes a lot more favorably. Because I mean, if anything. It's so, like it is hard to make it to a Super Bowl, but the Patriots just make it look so easy that some of these guys get held to a pretty absurd standard sometimes.
2: And it's just these past few years, I just maybe I overrate the, the Saints, but it's not like I even like I thought it was a disappointment that the Saints were even playing today. Like I thought the oh, Saints for sure at home field, they were they were a, somebody who I thought should have been playing the Super Bowl. I felt the same way last year. And so I and I understand these games are coming down to the end and, and and whatnot. I'm just saying it just I find this interesting though that 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 anybody that would really want Sean Payton would be against the Mike McCarthy idea because I don't think that they're really that far apart. And if we're really getting wild, and I know that they won today, but I throw Mike Zimmer in there too. I don't know where any of those guys are really like. No, this guy's way better than this guy. Like, so that's only. These seem like the type of guys that are kind of in the ballpark of of who they can get if they go the pro route. Um, and, and all those three guys that I just named, I, I still, I like them more than I like the idea of Josh McDaniels or Greg Roman or any of the uh, the coordinator route. So I like those head coaches. And then unless, you know, like I said, you can get a Lincoln Riley and pair him with a seasoned veteran defensive coordinator or obviously the, the Urban Meyer thing where uh, I'm going to write about him later on this week. It, it certainly seems like if he was to take a job like this, he'd be more of a CEO coach where he'd be hiring, a, you know, probably a young offensive coordinator, you know, a probably a proven defensive coordinator. So, I mean, those are other things. I'm just saying, like, when I look at it, it just is kind of entertaining to me that uh, that anybody could really absolutely hate on the Mike McCarthy idea if you just compare him to what is potentially out there if you don't think you're getting Bill Belichick.
1: And I, I I guess what I would say is, and Dave, I want to run a question by you here in a second, but I want to throw this out there. So sometimes, like, when you're watching a football game, let's say we have the ball on its fourth and one. It's a questionable, should we go for it? Should we kick the field goal type thing? One exercise I like to do is think, what does the defense want us to do? If the, if we go and settle for a field goal here, is the defense going, whew, man, thank God. Well, for these coaches, think about what their fan bases would say. Okay, would Saints fans be angry that if we, if we got Sean Payton? I think they would. I think Saints fans would want to keep Sean Payton. You go ask Packers fans or Vikings fans how they feel about Zimmer or Mike McCarthy. And you will get a majority of those people telling you, oh, no, you don't want that. You will get Ohio State people going, oh, God, you got Urban. Great, man. You guys are going to have a blast. You're going to get Oklahoma people going, oh, you got Lincoln Riley. Holy cow. Man, it sucks you took him from us. You guys are going to love him. You go ask Packers and Vikings fans how they feel about Zimmer and MacArthur. they going to go, God, you don't want that. Look, man, hold on.
2: I got to uh, jump in on that one real quick.
1: I know if, I'm being broad. but No, no, no.
2: and that, And that's fair because I've thought about that. I I don't know that that Mike McCarthy couldn't have won one Super Bowl with the Saints. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because it's different expectations. Sean Payton, they're not saying that in New Orleans because before he came there, they were wearing bags on their head. Before Mike McCarthy took over, they had already won a Super Bowl. They, They already had Holmgren there. They already won one with Brett Favre. Expectations were way different. Yeah, that's if, a, if that's Mike a really McCarthy great point. would have took over with Drew Brees, who I feel very, very confident he still would have won at least one Super Bowl with Drew Brees. Then I don't think that there's a big difference there. And then the other thing is, is like a lot of people like, oh, you know, it didn't work out with Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. Do you think it would work out for a long period of time with Sean McVay? I mean, I'm sorry, with Sean Payton and Aaron Rodgers, those two personalities, I don't think Sean Payton's still coaching that team either. So that's one reason why I think every fan base, you have to look at it differently.
3: Yeah, that's, and I mean, uh, you know, KT was talking about his family being Packers fan. I'm from New Orleans, and I think that's a really interesting point that, I mean, the Saints had nothing else before Payton. And I think I Saints fans would be upset if Sean Payton left, but, you know, to go back to John's point, 2017, 2018, 2019, that's three loaded teams. And, you know, they had, you know, they all came so close to winning their last playoff game, but for those three teams, for not one of them to even make the super bowl, I think there's plenty of saints fans that are pretty frustrated that, you know, maybe drew Brees comes back and makes one more go of it. But like, it definitely looks right now, like, you know, they're going to get through the twilight of his career without making it back to a super bowl. I think there's a lot of saints fans that are, that are upset about that. So, uh, expectation is a big part of it, but if you fail to get over the hump enough times, anybody's going to be ready to see you go. I think
1: Dave, who is your dream scenario here for head coach? If you want to talk coordinators too, you can,
3: um, dreams. I mean, for like dream re, let's say realistic dream. Cause yeah, like Bill Belichick's yeah. not coming. They're not trading for Sean Payton, blah, blah, blah. Um, honestly that really, that really perked up my ears is the idea of, of Lincoln Riley coming in and then Yeah. Kind of like Sean McVay, you know, hopefully he would have some input. You don't want to appoint these guys, but giving him a veteran DC, like a Marvin Lewis, uh, or, you know, I could think of a a handful of other veteran names, guys who have been through the NFL. I think that would be fantastic because like the thing I keep saying is, I just want a guy who can maximize my quarterback's talent. Like, you know, again, we're talking about Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton. Why? It's because they developed these great relationships with these good quarterbacks and have been the faces of their franchise. I mean, Sean Payton and Drew Brees go together. They always have. McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers did for a decade before their relationship soured. That's what I think the Cowboys need i don't think jason garrett jason garrett had that with tony romo for a little while he he was more of a ceo head coach by the time Dak prescott came along but Dak prescott like needs an offensive play caller slash a guy who can game plan for him who like knows him better than he knows himself the way that peyton does with a breeze uh that's what makes lincoln riley so intriguing to me is you know you go watch the tape of his oklahoma offenses he's done that Across the last four years, he's also done it for three different quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. None of them play the same and they also are not traditional quarterbacks. Uh, And that sounds like Dak Prescott to me. I mean, he's a good quarterback, but he doesn't have a traditional, you know, Peyton Manning esque skill set. So the thought that Lincoln Riley could scheme stuff up for him is really intriguing to me, especially if you pair him, you know, with an experienced defensive coordinator who can who can put together a top flight defense for him.
1: And I realize it's different not being in the NFL, but I think people will hear Lincoln Riley and they go, "Well, he's just a baby." Let's be legitimate here. He's been a coach. In some regard, like an actual coach, not a uh, assistant, like a S.A. or a GA. Since 2007, he's got over a decade of coaching experience. It's not like he's just some guy who's like thrown out there. Now we know three years at Oklahoma. I just got this on Odd Shark. Now Odd Shark, whether you want to buy into them or not, that's that's on you. But Vegas generally is uh right about stuff a lot. Twelve names. Do you guys want me to list you guys the 12 names, or we'll just go one at a time and you guys can comment on them if you want to. From most likely to least likely. We'll start with least likely, right? Two guys coming in at, uh, with some you know, very low odds to be the the Cowboys uh, head coach. Gary Kubiak and Dan Mullen, the head coach at Florida, former head coach at Mississippi State. He's the guy when we did our podcast live at Dots Top House last week uh, with, brought us on with us that when we went home that night i went there's a name i forgot to mention during the podcast and i was kind of kicking myself dan mullen at florida any any david like that one
3: dave's pretty tight with dan mullen yeah we got to know him when we <laughs> shot that documentary i mean it's intriguing in us in a similar sense we just we know that dan mullen knows how to maximize Dak's ability um obviously he's never coached on a pro level um he's also i mean he's a lot more established in his ways he's a much more experienced coach than lincoln riley which you could view that as a positive or a negative um i'm intrigued by it i guess but i have a hard time seeing that be the choice
2: yeah i like i like both guys i have respect for him but i think the cowboys can do better than that
1: the next four uh john we'll start with you here i'll let you weigh in on any of these eric b the oc at kansas city i would say out uh greg roman OC at Baltimore, Jim Harbaugh or Marvin Lewis? Okay, I like Jim Harbaugh the most out of all of those. And I do
2: believe Jim Harbaugh is a better NFL head coach um, than a college coach. And I do think that he will eventually come back to the NFL and he'll be better in the NFL. I don't see any way how Jim Harbaugh fits with Jerry Jones. I mean, you want to talk about two polar opposites. Um, I just don't think it would work. But I do think Jim Harbaugh, is for as, as much uh, as – you know, people obviously rag on him for not being able to be at Ohio State. Um, I, I do think that he could still have success in the NFL, but I, I just not not with Jerry. It just doesn't seem like that's a fit.
3: See, I think, I think he could. It just it wouldn't last very long. Like it would. It, it reminds me a lot of Bill Parcells. Is like you know the ego and the attitude and all of that stuff that goes into it. Like I think they could coexist for a time as long as things were going well. But like, if you're making that higher, I think you're banking on, you know, winning a Super Bowl in 2 to 4 years and then just calling it a day. Like I can't imagine that being like this long-lasting relationship that's going to, you know, certainly not last for a decade like Jason Garrett did, which so it could be amazing or it could be a total disaster. I don't think it would be I it would be one of those. It wouldn't be in between, I don't think.
1: I don't, you know, if it, That's what it took to take them over the top, a, a short-term type thing, no matter oh, how sure. messy the a, a breakup was. A lot of people was. would <laughs> sign up for that if you could guarantee that it would work, but you can't,
3: you know? Uh,
1: the next two in, in terms of odds right here, uh, Robert Sala, that's the DC at uh, San Francisco, feels like something the Cowboys wouldn't do, and then Matt Rule's still on the list.
2: Yeah, again, I, I'm not a huge fan on either. I, I mean, Matt I would go with Matt Rule over the two of them. Um and, and when I say not a fan of, like I both think that they deserve to be NFL head coaches and even maybe Cowboys head coaches at a certain time. But I, I just feel like the Cowboys need to get somebody that can come in there and win right now um, that is established. Uh, and Matt Rule has done a great job turning around programs and that and he's going to probably get an NFL job uh, real soon and maybe one day is the coach of the cowboys but right now i just i still think there's just a, a couple better candidates than than him but i like him the most out of those two
3: hot court hot coordinator hires always scare me because like in august like nobody knew who robert Sala was and, and some people you know if you follow the nfl you've heard of greg roman you know he's had success in a couple spots but still like nobody they weren't on anybody's radar and then by october everybody in the league is on this hive mind of like, well, of course these guys are going to be amazing head coaches. Like, you know, I mean, it was Chris Richard last year. And now I don't think there's a ton of people like getting in line that want to hire Chris Richard just a year later, which just goes to show you, like, it's all about how your unit is performing in the moment. Um, If I was going to hire one of those guys, I mean, Roman intrigues me because of what he's done with Lamar Jackson, again, having success with a non-traditional quarterback, but Lamar Jackson is is on another level just in terms of raw talent than Dak is. So, like I said, I, I'd be intrigued by it, but I'm not just like chomping at the bit to get him in here. But
1: if I was going to pick one of those three, I guess I'd lean toward Roman. So those were those were eight names that I threw at you. Here are the four most likely, okay? And I'll I'll put it this way. They have three with the same odds and then one clear favorite. The three with the same odds, the second to best odds to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys and Odd Shark are the three M's, Josh McDaniels, Mike McCarthy, Urban Meyer. Have we forgot about Josh McDaniels? Is he a guy we should think I'm about here? To
3: for, I'm trying to forget about Josh McDaniels.
1: <laughs> like,
3: I'm willing people to forget about him because I don't get it at all.
2: I just don't understand the fasc- fascination with all these uh, former Patriots coaches. I understand exactly. Grable just beat them, and and, and that's great. That's great, and I understand that they kept throwing up that stat yesterday about these former coaches and what they do against them, like, and, and they're mentioning Matt Patricia. Like, That's a good move. I mean, I just I don't know. Like, Obviously, I, we, I've talked in here many times about how I follow the Lions the, the second most closely behind the Cowboys, and they've completely tried to buy into that Patriot way by getting Bob Quinn to run things behind the scenes, get Matt Patricia. They're, I mean, they got, they're bringing overpaying Trey Flowers. They're trying to go all the Patriot way. Now the Patriot way is because of Bill Belichick, and if you're not going to get Bill Belichick, then the rest of these guys don't work. It actually makes me want to look down. down I'm looking forward to how many years are we away from where his son Steve Belichick is now getting offers. Uh, no, seriously, jobs. yeah. I mean,
3: and, I mean, Vrabel Vrabel looks like he might have been a pretty damn good hire. I mean, he he coached a great game on Saturday night, but like the list of Patriots assistants who have not panned out is so much longer, and his like spanned into like a decade, like we're talking about like more than a decade of Patriots assistants leaving and failing. And Josh McDaniels already did it by the way, like his tenure in Denver wasn't good. He bailed on a vacancy with the Colts last year. Like I've never met the man, but he doesn't, I don't know, his makeup doesn't sound inspiring to that of being the head coach of the most visible franchise in the world. Like there's just nothing about that. And, And for that matter, the Patriots' offense wasn't good this year. I, I mean, I know that they they're lacking in in skill talent outside of their running backs, but like they weren't lighting the world on fire. And so, I just do not see why anybody would be super intrigued by that, other than the fact that he's been coaching for the best team in football for the last however many years.
2: And that whole movie pulled on the Colts is bizarre to me. No, seriously, yeah, exactly. So interested after that.
3: I I don't I don't know why anybody would want to give him a chance. Which, having said something like that, probably just confirms that the Cowboys are going to be super interested. If I had to guess.
1: <laughs> and lastly, the clear favorite on there by quite a bit on this list of odds from shark is Lincoln Riley. So if you guys were saying today is as we record this, it's January fifth, Sunday, January fifth. A. When do you think the Cowboys make an official hire? B. If you just had to guess right now, gun to your head, who do you think it is? No, it's tough. See that's I, I've said Lincoln, I've said Lincoln Riley a
3: dozen times and but I a part of me wonders though, like how much of that is just because it's convenient. Like he's clearly like he's the hot shot name in college coaching. Uh, he's nearby, you know, Norman, Oklahoma is like three and a half hours away. Um, he's familiar with the area. He's familiar to Cowboy fans because he's in the area. Um, but like, do we know that he actually wants to go pro? Like I haven't gotten any indication. I've read plenty of reports that suggest he's very happy where he is. And there's definitely value in just sitting put and cranking out 10 to 12 win teams at OU every year. So I can't just bank on his interest. So if, if I had a gun to my head, I'd probably say him, but I don't feel confident about that at all.
2: If if I had a gun to my head and I, and I had to pick, I'd probably go with McCarthy. Uh, as just because that, that seems like what the Joneses are looking for right now in terms of like a win now, experienced coach that has won a Super Bowl. Um, but yeah. for me personally, I agree with Dave. Uh, if not only the Lincoln Riley thing, but if you can put together that staff, as you mentioned earlier, where it's veteran guys that have been around, and and it just you know he's the young head coach who's kind of learning on the job, but he's also obviously implementing his offense and the success, basically hoping that you're going to get Oklahoma, but with the defense um, yeah, that seems like a dream scenario. That seems like it'd be great. And then the other thing that I had in there is, is it, it's just the opposite to me of what I said earlier about Jim Harbaugh. Like I don't just judging by the way Lincoln Riley is, he doesn't seem like he would have a problem with Jerry saying, I want to talk to the team right now, or Jerry talking twice a week on the radio or talking after games. Like it, this doesn't seem like that would bother him at all. And then out of all the guys, uh, like Dave said, I just think he's the best fit for Dak. If you're looking for who's going to, probably help Dak the most in terms of the direction of where this game is going. He seems like, like the, like the right fit, but that's a great point you bring up. KT is, you know, no one, no one really knows for sure if he, or maybe it was you, Dave, sorry, that no one really does know if he is super interested in, in doing it. I mean, coach in Oklahoma seems like a, a pretty great gig and I mean you're gonna to you're gonna win
3: talent. you're gonna win nine games at least like for the rest of your career
2: unless something
3: terrible happens
2: so the other yeah. thing I will say though is you can go from that job and you can go flame out with the Cowboys in two or three years and I still think that there was just tremendous interest in him oh absolutely. Uh, from another college you and know? oh yeah I mean
3: look at Nick go Saban down. like that didn't affect his his coaching status in the college level at all you know the, the biggest program in college football was dying to hire him after he failed at Miami so I I definitely agree with that.
1: There's enough smoke. And I guess part of that smoke is getting a list of odds from a Vegas website, right? (laughs) That's a little bit of smoke. I will Um, say
3: this. We just, sorry to cut you off KT, but like we didn't really even mention urban Meyer, but like, we don't know if, if Lincoln Riley's interested. Well, we definitely know urban Meyer is like, he's seems like he's been doing everything in his power to make sure people know he's interested for the last like two months. So he's not coaching right now. And if the Cowboys have any level of interest at all, I don't think it would be hard to get him in there for an interview. Uh, obviously, he's never coached in the NFL, but he's got an extensive offensive background. I'm sure he could bring a great offensive coordinator with him. Cowboys fans would probably be thrilled to know that like, he's a special teams savant. Like His teams always play great special teams, which obviously killed the Cowboys this year. So, uh, There are a few candidates I'd rather see before him, but if the Cowboys are interested in all, I don't think it would be hard to get him on the phone.
1: Um, you know, I, I, Urban's interesting. You you have to like really dive into like his health issues and go you know, yeah. I mean, talk about the heart stuff. Even, even the cyst, you know, like how much could he take that stress level? But it, it to me, I almost feel like uh, the playoffs where you want to go, I guess it would get pretty pretty tense. But I almost feel like an NFL is a little less stressful than college. And I almost feel like, kind of relating this to Lincoln Riley, I feel like an NFL job is better than a college job just because you do get a little more time off, I think, um, just because the recruiting and all that stuff, if you don't want to do that, but the guys who do that love doing that crap. So it sounds like a beating to me going and talking to strangers. In fact, hanging, going to strangers houses and saying, Hey, can your son come to my school is kind of a creepy thing in the first place. Um, yeah. Recruiting but, is low key, like pretty creepy. We just don't talk about it. We don't talk about it enough, but like, what What if you wanted a break from that? That's kind of looking at the bright sides of, of this job. Hey, maybe I don't have to recruit, and I can just go and talk scheme and get ready for OTAs and, you know, go to the Senior Bowl and combine. You're still doing all that stuff. Maybe you want to be involved in all that. So it, it really does depend about the personality of some of these guys. You know Mike McCarthy wants the job. We know that. I think Mike McCarthy would kill to have this job. Um, and I just think it's interesting that McCarthy didn't get hired last year. I think that's very interesting. There were a lot of teams who were struggling to find that head coach. I mean, the Jets did not want Adam Gase, but they settled for him. You know, I I just think about how many teams just kind of fell into it. Even the Packers, there was a story about how they, you know, interviewed 10 people and on the flight home from Lafleur, they were kind of on the phone. Uh, They were all on the flight going, kind of looking at each other like, I mean, I guess that's the guy. I mean, sure. (laughs) Like, Zach, Zach Taylor gets the job with the Bengals. Like, it, if McCarthy was like such a changed man, he would have changed a long time ago. Uh, but I, again, I don't want to be—I don't want to be too cynical in that regard. But like, he legitimately well, you hate him, Casey. his offense. Well, he's no, I don't hate him. I, <laughs> he's okay. You know, I think he's fine. This
3: is all this is all super fresh. So we're obviously still digesting it. But like being on the phone with y'all, I said I lean toward Lincoln Riley. But like, maybe that's just because it would be exciting and that's what I want to happen. But like, yeah. Mike. Mike, but Mike McCarthy makes a ton of sense for this team. Like with the roster, as it's currently constructed, we know they can get to the second round of the playoffs. They've already done it. All of the We know we can
2: win AT&T stadium in the playoffs.
3: That's true. But I mean, you've, you've got everything ready for you. Maybe, I mean, they probably do want a guy who's been there, not just as a head coach, but as an NFL head coach, who's taken an experienced team to the playoffs multiple times. And, you know, even if the analytics stuff is like lip service, if he's just willing to be a tad more open-minded, that could open up a whole other world of things. And, you know, take it another level. Maybe he's willing to keep Kellen Moore as his offensive coordinator. And now all of a sudden, like, you've got your quarterback on board because we know Dak Prescott loves Kellen Moore. And, yeah, you know, like, that doesn't
1: sound like the worst thing in the world to me by any stretch. Kellen would not stay, though, if he didn't get to call plays, would he? Because McCarthy would call plays. I mean, if we're being super
3: cynical, it's not really up to Kellen Moore. He's under contract with the club. I mean, he's not, which we'll we'll see. We'll see how all that plays out. I mean, the Cowboys might be letting go of everybody, but that's, I mean, they don't have to Kellen Moore, as far as I understand it is under contract. And if Jerry Jones wants him here, then he'll be here. Uh, so I mean that's that is a conversation that'll have to like develop, you know, as this goes along. Obviously, this news is very fresh, but it'll be interesting to see what we hear about that in the coming days.
2: it, it is funny though, as you guys talk about that, and I'm scrolling through like the standings and I'm just looking at all the every team in the NFL right now and just going off the list of just how many fan bases really just absolutely love their head coach? And it's a small list. I mean, there's just not a lot of teams that are just like, I don't know, maybe maybe there's 10. That may be even too many. They're just like, oh God, yeah, we like the like guy five. that we have. Yeah, maybe it's five. I mean, it's
3: it's New England. It's New Orleans. Um, Seattle. Th- Seattle. Yeah, Seattle likes Carroll. Uh, I'm the sure. The Rams. San Francisco is in love with Shanahan. Yeah, the Rams. I assume the Rams still like McVay. Um, but I'm struggling after that. Chiefs, Bal- Baltimore's back yeah. in on Harbaugh. That's Bal- true. Baltimore, Everybody's in Pittsburgh, love with Harbaugh right now.
2: The Steelers.
3: But it's funny. I don't think Steelers fans liked Tomlin until he pulled off this wizardry this year. I mean, and, I mean, if you have your fourth quarterback and you stay alive in the playoff hunt until week 17, that's pretty amazing. But like before the season started, I think there were a lot of Steelers fans that were ready for Mike Tomlin to be gone. He would be my number one candidate easily. If he if he, right w- if he was available, I it wouldn't even it would be a no brainer.
0: Do you uh, think Jason Garrett gets a job anywhere this season or next if season? He,
3: if he wants one, yeah. But as he, what? I mean, wait, that was what quarterback the, coach? That's not what you asked. You just asked if I thought he could get a job. Yeah, um, I mean, like, either oh, okay, you know, offensive yeah, okay. coordinator or head right. coach. I think like somebody. I think somebody would hire. I mean, <laughs> it seems. I don't know, man. Honestly, Cole's, Cole's department store. Jesus. Right, this is, this is your respect. manager, Jason. We've got a sale on khakis oh, now. Show short. some respect. His contract was <laughs> just, <laughs> just terminated like two hours ago. How are we doing, guys? Looking for some oh, discount dress shirts?
2: I, I mean... It, Dave's never going to do this podcast
3: again. No, I'll, I'll gladly do it. I, I'm just sitting here. I'm honestly trying to process this because like, okay the giants are going to interview matt rule this week and i think they've you know they were supposed to interview mccarthy but like if he has officially been let go like there's no we're not in limbo anymore i could see the giants interviewing jason garrett i don't think that's shot that wouldn't be shocking
1: okay no Would that it? wouldn't be shocking the giants are like the one place they're like the one s show in the league that wouldn't be weird in Cleveland, actually. If he interviewed in Cleveland, I don't think that would be weird. If they hadn't already hired
3: Ron Rivera, Washington would do it just because Dan Snyder loves f- snatching up Jerry Jones's castoffs.
2: I mean, I fully expect him to have a job with somebody, and then Patri- Matt Patricia gets fired after this next season, and then Jason Garrett becomes a Lions head coach and takes him to multiple Super Bowls. I've already oh, expected that to
3: happen. Oh, okay. Damn. Wow. You're just jumping way ahead.
2: Dude, he would. Yeah, take because the it's the to- most craziest scenario I could ever come up with. He would take like, the
3: lines to eight, and eight. So, what if McCarthy? <laughs> and they would love it. What if McCarthy came in Garrett's office on his interview this weekend and was like, "Trust me, dude. Take a year off." Tell people that you've been watching a lot of tape at your house and like they'll be desperate to hire you in a year I promise
1: hey, hey let me give you Jim Hazlitt's phone number yeah uh, he's like look I know he is old, not a Jim Haslett fan
3: I know some old coaches that you can watch tape with throw around you know expected points over value throw around some of those fancy analytical terms and like in a year you'll have like eight offers I promise
1: oh man uh, the, the key also I think to, to a lot of these guys is to have a fall guy. Now, we've heard Chris Carter say this before, but the key is to have a fall guy. Like, when you said Pete Carroll, I found the point that uh, escaped me earlier. Pete Carroll, somehow fine because he's kind of enthusiastic and he's kind of like the oldest coach in the league, but he looks 20 years younger than he really is. And then it's like, uh, hey, uh, Brian Schottenheimer, though, that guy's going to take the the brunt of criticism. That's the key, and that's what Jason never did. He never had a consistent... Uh, Like, we could never just always pin it on Rod. And then Rod was too innocent. It always went to Jason. Like, Pete Carroll doesn't call the plays. Like, he's the walk-around head coach. And if Jason could have just taken it a little further, he could have had a coordinator be his fall guy, and he could still be around. But because Jason chose to do things his way at all times and kind of stay this, like, monotone guy, he lost the fan base and took a lot of criticism from media for years. And he just like I feel like he could have gotten out of that by just kind of changing a little bit, and being a little more. You excited. know what's funny about that
3: though? I'm stealing this point. I don't remember the first time somebody made it, but I'm stealing this point is like Pete Carroll probably gets away with a lot of that because the Seahawks have been good enough for so long that he's lost a ton of assistance to other jobs. You know, like Dan Dan Quinn went to Atlanta. Um, Gus Bradley went to Jacksonville. Daryl Bevel left. Chris Richard. I mean, they fired Chris Richard, but still, he went off to Dallas. Like he's had to make do. So you're like, well, Pete's kind of slapping it together with duct tape now that all of his, assist- his assistants are gone. Meanwhile, like Jason Garrett was the coach here for ten years and doesn't really have a coaching tree, does he? That's
1: John Machado's best point that you just maybe made, yeah, I stole it from That's John. John. I mean, only point.
3: We no. sit together at press conferences every day, so I'm sure I stole it from him. I'm sure you like, guys were on
1: coachingtree.com just kind of browsing through and going, wow, he's, a, he's the just only, like a little plant.
3: <laughs> the only noteworthy Jason Garrett coach that's doing anything in the NFL right now is Matt Eberflus. Like, that's it. Yeah. Right? Well, Mike, I'm not Mike leaving McCarthy anybody really out. not have one either, though. Yeah, that's fair. Well, uh, yeah, him? I mean, there you go.
1: Joe Philbin. God damn. That's no, just, really that's
3: interesting to me that you can be successful enough to keep your job for 10 years, but like nobody in the league really wants your assistance. That's
2: bad news, that's bears, just, man. That's not great. I mean, early on, I understood it because I felt like because Jason was the first time head coach, they were trying to surround him with a lot of veteran coaches, the guys that, you know, um, that maybe, you know, you weren't going to put a run- bunch of young guys that other people wanted to, you know, pluck from his staff. But, um, I guess Kellen Moore could end up being that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bill Callahan was obviously on his staff. Um, but I don't Yeah, think but Bill goes. Callahan was a head coach in the NFL right, before not, he ever worked for Garrett. I'm just going through his entire, all his staffs over the years, you know.
3: I, could, just, I mean, I think Kellen Moore and Mark Colombo both have a chance to, like, have a career like that at some point.
1: Yeah, no, that, that kind of, yeah, possibly. Doesn't that go out to the? not Kellen Moore go to the Linehan coaching tree though? Ooh, wow! Trying to just take JG's thunder like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jason comes from the Linehan coaching tree, which Linehan comes from a tree. I guess the Saban coaching tree. I guess technically, I guess Garrett is a member of the Saban coaching tree.
3: Yeah, I would. I give him. I give Saban that credit since he coached under him for the first time.
1: Well, we know that Jason is gone. Guys, do you have any closing thoughts, Kenton, as well? You guys have any closing thoughts? Uh, it yeah. is over, officially. Jason Garrett's tenure as head coach of the yeah. Dallas Cowboys is over. The Cowboys no longer have to keep uh, sneaking in a head coaches uh, late at night. <laughs> You know, they don't have to get sneak them in anymore and uh, just uh, pin them up and uh, tell them to shut up at the Omni Frisco. They can now openly just have these head coaching interviews and not make a big deal about it. It's fine.
0: We uh, I got two things. First of all, uh, you know, Schefter put out there that, um, you know, the Cowboys have officially uh, moved on from Jason Garrett and Jason Garrett has allowed them to and that got a lot of traction on social media and i and it just got to me thinking of some hypotheticals like what if jason you know they came to him they're like all right jason we're going to let you go today and he's like no i'm 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 under contract till the 14th i'm here and then like he just pulls a total like kevin mcallister and just like trashes the star like orders a ton of food and like they can't find him to fire him and they're like jerry's like yeah we think he's barricaded himself in the stadium we're trying to trying to find out where he just like totally goes off he's the the funniest hypothetical in my mind is if he made it as hard as possible for them to fire him Um, but he's such a good guy that i can't see that happening and the other thing is what if the cowboys go like two and 14 next year oh god (laughs) you know what i'm saying like how will Jason Garrett be completely redeemed of all of everything anyone's ever said about him? If immediately
3: when he leaves, they just suck horribly. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that like in September next year, it could be week one. It could be week four. I don't know. But like in September, the new coach will do something that makes people be like, damn, I guess we had it pretty good with Jason. After all, like that's going to happen. There's no (laughs) doubt in my mind.
2: Yeah. Like selfishly for us, Dave, like, is this next guy going to have a walk off?
3: I mean I don't
2: see I don't see Urban Meyer doing a walk off. No, but he we might actually say
3: something in the press conference.
2: though that, so, needs now to that be, is that is the trade
3: off. That needs to be written into his contract immediately. It's like you coach <laughs> this team, you do a walk off every it day.
1: It really becomes a numbers game at that point cuz there's about 20 or 30 reporters uh compared to one. So you really you guys just need to turn into a bunch of walking dead zombies and make sure that he doesn't leave. We just the, we just I'll, follow the new guy out of his first press conference <laughs> and he's like he's heading for the
3: elevator like, you know, business as usual and we're like, "Wait, um we're not we're not done here. <laughs> you have 20 more minutes."
2: I don't I don't know what this does for anybody, but uh this speaking of the walk off with Jason Garrett, I need to share this real quick and I think I've shared it before, but I I will always remember when Mike McCarthy got fired because Jason seemed genuinely stunned in the walk off about it. Like he could not believe that Mike McCarthy was not going to have a head coaching job like he thinks the world of Mike McCarthy. So that's why this whole week I've been thinking about it because the irony of him being in that office and, and interviewing. I don't think Jason would have thought of that a year ago. But I you know, when Jason's on the podium, you ask him about that. He's not going to really say much and he's going to be pretty stoic about it. But in the walk up, I remember him being like, I, I just can't believe it. man." like Mike McCarthy, you know, like, that, I know he thinks the world.
0: Of- that's a good point, John. And, and I was at the owner's meeting last year and we were eating in a restaurant and Mike McCarthy was in there by himself, like with his wife eating and in comes Jason Garrett and Jason Garrett goes over to his table and they talked for over an hour. Like just them two. So I wonder like what Jason (laughs) would say to Mike McCarthy about this. Like, like, don't do it, man. Don't, don't do it or run for your life. Or this is, this is hell. Or man, do you think he would really endorse this as the job lab? Maybe the personnel, but not like the organizational
3: standpoint. I 100% think he would. I really do. Even after like everything that's happened, he would, I think he would say, you know, the Jones family is a is a great great group of people to work with. Like they'll put you in a position to succeed. And I know that kind of goes contrary to like what the public narrative is, but I've never gotten a sense that like that Garrett didn't believe that. Like even even in his in his low lows, I think he really appreciated working there, even with all the headaches that come with it.
1: I agree hundred percent. And I think what you guys also it is interesting that that because I didn't really know that Jason and McCarthy had these ties. Um, but it is interesting because man, I'm telling you, the most similar thing to Jason Garrett that I think you could find, aside from coaching maybe a record or whatever, is Mike McCarthy. Hey, he's the closest thing to Jason Garrett that there is, just in terms of the way he goes about his job. So if that's something that the Cowboys want, that's fine. I'm not I'm not I swear I'm not being cynical here. Because when you said John, when you said that Jason was stunned that McCarthy uh was fired. as like, yeah, when the rest of the world knew McCarthy was going to get fired, Jason was head down, focusing on him and what we do here, and probably could piece it together. Oh, McCarthy's getting fired. Well, everyone else knew. Did I bet McCarthy and Jason Garrett could have so many long, hour-long discussions by candlelight about 90s football? And how, you know... <laughs> it's just amazing. I bet those guys. But again, would- you
2: feel that way, but the Cowboys, you know, specifically Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones might see some of that and be like, yeah, that'll make the transition a lot easier because I don't, I I don't get the sense at all. They're trying to make significant change. I really don't. I mean, for God's sakes, they really wanted every, They wanted badly for this Jason Garrett era to continue. You know, it was just to the point where it's like, well, you made it a no-brainer. I mean, we were supposed to make it back to the playoffs and and win multiple playoff games, let alone going 8-8 eight and eight again. That's the way they look at it. So even though, you know, we might feel that way that, you know, being younger that, hey, it's time to, it's time to embrace some of these college guys and that they – I'm not getting the sense that they feel that way.
3: Yeah. Here's my parting shot is this was like the weirdest coaching change in NFL history. Like I don't think it's ever happened this way where the coach – Kept his job for a week after the season ended, had the team interviewing other candidates while he was still at work, et cetera, et cetera. So what would be weirder is like the job is officially open now. Would it be weirder if they target their guy and have him hired by Wednesday or if they don't make a hire until like after the Super Bowl and just go on another long and winding search? Like I don't know which of those would surprise me more.
1: I've always felt that they would drag this out as long as possible because it keeps them in the news, and they get so much attention out of this. I I think this takes two.
2: And and that's fine, but if you really want one of the top candidates, I don't know that that person's going to be willing to play along because you want headlines. And I've always believed that this isn't something they started looking into a month ago. I believe they've been looking into this for a while and have a good feeling on on people that they're interested in. And so, yeah, if you tell me that they're going to wait until – uh, for another three weeks or something. Yeah, no, I I would be I would be surprised. I I I know it doesn't necessarily fit Cowboys ways, but like you know, Dave, you talk about how weird it's been and things like that. Like I can't wait to find out whoever the coach is. Find out when's the first time they contacted that person because I don't think it's gonna be oh last week. That's the first time we talked. To him was last week, right? Um, and you know with the with the way Jerry Jones does business, maybe it won't come out immediately, but eventually it will. You know, I mean, like like with Bill Parcells and the, their meeting at Tito Tito uh, Airport. Um, That stuff comes out with this team, and so that's I'm interested in that. But I just I don't know. I can't see like you like. Can you imagine going to the Senior Bowl and they don't have their coach? I was about to say. I can't imagine that.
3: I'm I'll be at the Senior Bowl, and I would just I think I'd be surprised if they go down there without a new coach. And so I mean that gives them two weeks. I mean that's a long time.
1: Okay. Lastly, guys, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but let's do this. Five minutes ago on Twitter, Des Bryant. I don't have no sympathy for coach Garrett losing his job. The Cowboys just became real contenders. Oh boy. Am I wrong? Wasn't the narrative that Jason w- was kind of fighting hard to keep Dez on the roster a couple of years back?
2: Yeah, and I just think at this point that stuff's unnecessary, you know, like for anything you can say negative about Jason Garrett. I, I don't know. Like I'm a big fa- I'm a big believer in treating people with the same respect that they would treat you, and Jason Garrett would never say that. As bad as things probably were behind the scenes that he- stuff he had to deal with. With, with other players, he would never throw one of them under the bus. Like Dave said, he's never going to throw the Jones family under the bus. Not not just publicly, but I'm saying behind the scenes. It just, it seems unnecessary, you know, to, to do that at this point. You know, I just, I don't know, whatever.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, uh, we're skewed because we actually interact with the people that we talk about. But like, that's my thing is, I, I don't think he was a particularly great coach. And I think it was time for his tenure to end. And clearly, the, the Cowboys agreed with me. But like, I, I don't, I don't see the benefit in like needlessly shoveling dirt on the guy. And yeah, I mean, Des said like countless times, how many times he loved Jason Garrett and, and what Jason Garrett did for him. I remember uh, when we went to London in 2014, like Des spent, you know, they went out one, it was, you know, it was like Wednesday or Thursday and like, they went out and did like sightseeing stuff. And like Des was at Garrett's side for like most of the night, like just Jason, uh, his wife, Brill and Des like hanging out together. like, they had a genuine connection. And even if he wasn't that great of a coach, like it seems pointless to just, like I said, shovel dirt on the guy. Now that he's gone, I don't, I don't get the point.
2: No, he probably feels a little betrayed too because they did have they did have a good relationship and and, and he, yeah, I mean, he, and he was and, he
3: was unceremoniously cut. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Right. But I and mean, I guess it, it happened. I mean in the NFL, it happens to basically everybody who's not good enough to retire on their own terms, which is like 001 percent of people.
1: Sorry to end that with some like TMZ smut type stuff, but I just felt like uh, it had to be done. Uh, it just happened live. All right, well, we'll talk again next time. Uh, we'll have uh, God smut. knows what happening with the Cowboys coaching search. Is it going to be uh, – It's going to get you know? real wacky, guys. Get ready. Yeah, it is going to be uh, real wacky. So hold on to your butts and be on the lookout at the Athletic Drama Show to have a piece up. I believe Bob was doing a piece on Mike McCarthy that will be interesting to read. Uh, This upcoming week as well. Unless, of course, uh, I spoiled that and it was a surprise for everyone. That's why you should listen. You get some inside info. Um, For Dave Hellman, thanks for joining us, Dave. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. For John Machoda, Father John. Thanks,
3: Dave. (laughs) Anything for y'all. Anything for you, Johnny.
1: And for our producer, Kent Garrison, I am Kevin K.T. Turner. And we will talk to you next time on the next edition of Cowboys Coaching Chaos on About Them Cowboys.